morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you may find yourself, as you listen to this and you are tuned in to the Only Sports Podcast with Brains and Bars, it's another episode of It's a Black and White Thing with A1 and A Ward. Um, tap in on all, wherever you find streaming podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, you can tap in with us there by searching It's a Black and White Thing or hashtag Brains and Bars. Check us out there. You can also check us out on YouTube where we are live right now. Uh, hit the notification bell, like, and subscribe. Um, you can check us out on socials at Brains and Bars on Twitter and Instagram. And on the Facebook fan page, if you search Brains and Bars, you can also find us there on Facebook or Meta. You know, his mama called him Facebook. I'm going to call him Facebook. I ain't calling him no Meta. Um, you've already seen him and heard him, right? So it's, uh, you obviously you realize I'm not doing the show by myself. Um, I am here with the homie A-War. What's good? What's good? What up, my guy? It's good to be here, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think I'm a, I like this layout. I think yeah, I I, it'll, yeah, it'll be better for when I, when I, if I find something I want to clip down. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, shout out to Three Letterman. Um, he wasn't able to join us tonight. I know we put that out. We'll hope to reschedule that and have him join us at some other time. So uh, shout out to you three. Um, yep. Man, like we got a lot going on in the world of battle rap. We actually had a live event take place this weekend. We got Super Bowl 57 coming up this weekend. Um, yep. LeBron tonight potentially could become the all-time leading scorer. Um, and Kyrie got traded. Um, and there was some other piece of football. Oh, Tom Brady retired. How about that? Yeah. That also took place all of last week. So <laughs> it's like the we weirdest are, thing. It's like at the bottom, Tom Brady retired is like the one thing that might have been forgotten. But I guess it's well, in a I few mean, days. Right. I think that's the thing that took place right yeah. the furthest, right? So I kind of almost worked in reverse chronological order there. So yeah. So yeah. So um we're, we're gonna start with battle rap first. Obviously, RBEs. Divide and Conquer went down this weekend. It was called the car was called Divide and Conquer, right? Divide and Conquer, yep. Okay, okay. I think um Jay Slash, I think I saw a graphic for him dropping a disc record and his why they said divide and conquer. And this is a little rabbit trail, right? Like I'm always I'm never quite sure. There's so many battle rap flyers that fly around. I'm never quite sure what is an event. I'm like, okay. is this a league he's starting? I'm seeing all these battle rappers' names on it, and I'm like, oh, this is a disc. Okay. So um, that's a little free promo for, I believe that was Jay Slash, who dissed like a bunch of different people. I can't remember everybody that was on, on the thing. So Divide and Conquer went down this weekend, and let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. Um, obviously, you had your mood. battle. Let me set the mood, turn the lights out, light some candles, let's stay on. <laughs> uh, you know, let, let's talk about it. Your battle with Big K. Let me, let me, before we get that, I didn't get a chance to see the whole card. Hopefully this weekend or mm -hmm. maybe on the plane, I might be able to check out Hollow and Ill Will. I need to check out, um, I need to see the first round of Coach Corleone, Be Magic. Um, mm -hmm. Be Magic, man. Like, he jumped in the time machine a little bit. He jumped in the time yeah. machine a little bit. I thought that was a really, really good performance. Um, I had him taking the second and third rounds from what I saw, and that's not because I didn't think Coach Corleone was good. I thought that was a good quality battle with good playback value. Um, you know what? I feel like most of the main card battles have really good playback value. I didn't get a chance to see QB and Caution, um, but I heard good things about that battle as well. Mm -hmm. I heard th good things about Hollow and Ill Will. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you have not had the opportunity – 
to check out the card, man, go to rapgrid.com. Man, it's been so wild since I tapped in. I had to like go and Google like live battle rap pay-per-view to remember. <laughs> yeah. um, go to rapgrid.com, man. Go get that pay-per-view. The VOD is up. You can check out all the battles from the card. Go check that out, man. And so like it was a really good event. Um, and we're gonna I'm gonna get into one kind of big picture message about battle rap as a whole. But let's let's get into this, man. Big K versus A Ward. One of the more anticipated battles on the card. It was obviously rescheduled for when you were sick. Um, and so I just want to hear from your perspective, like how do you think that battle went from your from your lens? Um, you know, from my perspective, just as like a professional and like, I mean, I thought it went great. I mean, I had a really good battle. Um, Big K was incredible. You know, uh, he rapped extremely well. The crowd was very receptive. Um, the crowd was attentive. I don't think the crowd was like disrespectful or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I went away from it like kind of like I always do. Like when you watch uh me battle like i i feel like i am better on camera than i am you know in the building and i still am really really good in the building so i'm not one of those guys that like is all overheads and then you have to go back and watch it so you know i knew that the the general consensus in the building was that he won the battle i felt that way like you know just from crowd reaction and everything as you know people were um talking you know after we left the battle thought he got the first round clear thought i got the third round and thought, uh, I personally think the second round is close, but the building, um, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty much the ma the majority was that I was down 2-0, You know, it wasn't very many like one ones type things. You know, so you know, uh, at the end of the day, like you go, I go from there, do my interviews and stuff like that, and I'm just like, look, when when you watch it back, you know, it's gonna be different because there is a whole world of people on Twitter that were just waiting for, you know, it appear like I lost to try to blow it up and, 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 and go crazy with the narrative that A-War got smoked, A-War got 30, A-War got this, A-War got that. And they did. They did, you know. And, and and that's really more of a compliment to how great I've been and and, and how, like, people are just sitting back just waiting. Um, you know, I mean, beginning of the year, uh, people were sitting back just waiting to say Josh Allen was better than to Patrick Mahomes. You know, get later on in the year, ah, oh, Joe Burrow is better. Than, you know what I mean? Like, they just, they just want – Somebody that is very consistent and great, they just want to find ways to say that they're not what, you know, what you say they are. So um, I feel like that that's what a lot of people are doing with the narrative on Twitter. But when you watch the battle, um, I mean, bro, like I did exactly what I was supposed to do. I was very strategic. I was very layered. I did everything in that ring. Uh, you got crazy schemes. You got crazy name flips. You got jokes. You got angles. You got punchlines. You got all of that, you know what I mean, in all three rounds. And so I'm, I'm really happy with my performance. I would give myself like an 8.5, a 9. Only reason I would give myself more of a 9 is because there's a one time in the third where I kind of had like a brief one-second, two-second pause because I didn't get reaction after a, a bar or whatever, which that irritates me, you know what I mean? I don't know, the viewer, you know, whatever. And then I do think that, you know, round placement, so something that I could have done before the battle could have been a little bit more sharp and strategic. You know, a lot of people keep saying, yo, if you put your third round first, this battle might look a little different. And I agree with them. And uh, even though I didn't put it first, I do think that I could have assessed the situation after he had such a crazy first round and I could have wrapped it second, you know. Um, but hindsight is a 30 sack of work, right? You know, so hindsight, <laughs> you, know, apparently, um, you know, apparently, you know, now that, um, you know, it's over though. I'm really, I'm really happy with it. I think on camera, I'm going to be happy with it. Uh, I've had plenty of people hit me up, uh, you know, plenty of battle rappers, plenty of fans, plenty of people that aren't even fans of me. You know, I think 
Anwar was, you know, who's been highly critical and probably one of the ones I would have expected to be like, yeah, Awar got smoked, you know, like different people in, in the culture have been like, yo, this is not what you guys are saying it is, you know. Now, they're not saying I won or anything like that, but like for the most part, the culture is trying to run with like I got smoked or something like that. It's, it's, it's actually a really, really good battle and a close battle, in my opinion. <clears throat> hey, that's a fact. So, you know, listen, listen, shout out to Mama Ward. <laughs> yep. For those on the podcast, she had a comment, and you had to have seen the battle to to for this comment to make sense. It needs to be watched again with potatoes and gravy. Um, it so was the grind up gravy, though. You know, like if, if, if we want to be petty, if we want to be petty, you know, and we want to talk about absolutely terrible setups, grind up gravy and fine young lady. You know, that's that that was the setup. So grind up gravy, but hey, who cares? It's not we, we don't even worry about writing. You know, we're not worried about that. So I'll say <clears> this, right? And I and I fully admit for anyone who listens to this or watches this, they're gonna say, Of course you think he won. He's your friend. That's what listen. Here's the thing you gotta know about me. I will tell Ward in a second, like, yo, yeah, you you didn't get that one. Or I would tell him, I think after the uh Ilmac battle, I'm like, look, like your defense, your posture, right? I think some of the the stump like this, like the slip ups on words. I'm like, the consensus is going to be that you lost this battle. Right. Um, but I think that this particular battle, like, I think you got it two one. I think, listen, the first round, he sent you to the third half. Yeah. Like he sent you, he's, you was looking down on rich dollars on that one. Like that was, you want to talk about like shocking moments because of what BK has put out in terms of uh, material over the last three or four battles. Like, I think a lot of the reason people thought that you would win this battle is because here's here's the stereotype on Big K. He's going to have short rounds. Um, you know, he it's not that he can't be effective, but his punches at to prior to this battle have not been particularly sharp. He's had moments here, but it hasn't been great. And he's going to wrap two minutes, two, thir- two minutes and 30 seconds, and it won't be enough, right? Like, that is the, the stereotype on K coming to this battle. And his first round is like five minutes, right? Uh, shout out to Battle Rap Stats who put out the, the chronograph that has all the, the times and stuff on it. He's getting five minutes of reaction. And, I mean, it is insane in that room when he wraps that first round. And so, like, I saw somebody say to you, man, I, I think you got a 30. And I'm like, listen, listen, listen. Ward is my man, 100 grand. We ain't got the lotto. We ain't got the, we could tell the truth. We could be honest with each other. Like he got that first round. And this is, this is me all first watch. Like I haven't had a chance to go back and, and watch it again. Maybe I'll watch it and I'll come to a different conclusion than the, than that fan came to who said you got the 30, but um, like he got that first round clear and thank God it wasn't a, run, a one rounder. Cause that, oh boy, that would have been a rough one. Yeah. Right. Second round, I think second round is your best round. I think second round is your best round from a writing standpoint, performance standpoint. Like, I think it was, you know, obviously the 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 Ken uh, kind of deal you had at the end, phenomenal writing on that one. Um, and his second round is still good. I don't know. It's not better than his first. Um, he had some bars in there. I'm just like, mm, no, nah, nah, that's not it. Like, like, here's the thing, like, as a as someone who is Christian, like as someone who is Christian, right? Like when you are fans of Christian battlers, you hear every, you hear just about every angle and approach as it relates to Christian battlers. Now I will give him credit in that second round. 
he he uh has the Lecrae reference. He has the above all reference, crucified late. And I'm like, hey, y'all, hold up, hold up, hold up. Big K been going to church? Late behind the hey. stone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, 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 Big K, what, who? I told who? him in the face-off, man. He was watching VeggieTales and VBS. I know it. I know he was. <laughs> I'm like, because I'm like, yo, them, like that, especially like Lecrae. I mean, Lecrae is pretty well known. So I, I'm pretty sure it's not that hard to find out that he, that a guy like he exists. That that above all reference, like that's kind of a deep cut. Like it's a it's one of the more popular like. No, nah, that's you know, an alter call song, bro. He saved, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm like, yo, I'm like, okay, you church of God in Christ? Yeah. You not denominational? You Baptist? Like what what's really happening here, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at it like, okay, that's a deep, and that's one of the doper like bar said to you from a from a like Bible Christian perspective that I've heard. Um, and so like his second is good. You know, the dumb black Christian bar, I've seen somebody try to clean it up and say, well, he was saying that it was forced on them. And I'm like, nah, man, like, we're not, we not jacking that at all. We're not jacking that at all. Like, I, I'm like, that's a bar. Somebody's got to tell you to take that out. Like, yeah. nah, 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 nah. Um, but, like, you know, his second is still really good. His third, I think, while it is, it is still, it's entertaining, right? Like, it's not very direct. He spends kind of that first round being, he's entertaining, talking about, you know, we wrote this together. You can't copy rehearsal. Right, but that has nothing to do with you. To quote, uh, was a bill collector. That doesn't take from my health meter. That's not take yeah. from my health. Like he spends half the round on that, then he kind of jumps back into pockets about you know drug talk, da 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 da, coming at you a little bit. Um, and it, his third is good. Like as someone who has not watched every Big K battle, who has not been in the culture since day one, like I don't know if I've seen a better Big K. Now some people might. I think Ill Will is kind of seen as kind of the quintessential top big yeah. K performance. And I, I think it, Mac, it will. Yeah, I think I think it rivals those. Like it's mm -hmm. it goes in the pantheon of some of his best material that he's done. Um and so you know like I ask you like are there any major lessons or takeaways from this battle that prepare that could <laughs> help you as you go forward by the way shout out to chrome 23 um that was announced uh yesterday right uh yes yep yep last announced night yesterday you a vixen going down on yep. on paper looks like a phenomenal card going down uh, in a couple of weeks in new york city so so as you prepare for that vixen battle and then as you look towards the rest of your 2023 like are there any lessons you take from this battle that could help prepare you going forward uh, maybe there are a couple um, <clears throat> in some preparation, but, um, you know, for the most part, what happened was, is I ran into a puncher that was punching every two, every four that was relentless and a crowd that was just, just eating it up. You know what I mean? And like, I, you know, it's going to sound very haterish or anything like, like, like that, but I mean, I don't care, but there's like, there's 10 bars that Rum Nitty said to me. Then I'll go around and quote weekly. You know what I mean? Like, like punchlines, name flip, the way he put things together. I can't tell you like two or three from all of what Big K said to me that to me was just like, wow, how did you think of that? You know, like the Aaron Hall and the Fifth Ward you know, and all of that kind of stuff has been used on me so many times. You know, like even the Christian bars, like the Jesus Walks, that was a cool bar, but it wasn't something that was just so, you know, I'll shoot a Christian with a nail gun. You know what I mean? It, so like, so what happened with the big K battle was he was so relentless and so consistent and he went like so smooth off in his first round. It just, he was just solid throughout. And 
like when you're facing a puncher, like, you know, if I'm to face Fonz, if I'm to face Av or something like that, you know, I probably have to be more strategic about how I write and like where my aggression is and what, what I'm punching on or what I'm doing because I go in against Big K and I set the tone in the first round and I basically say, this is exactly what you do. Imagine me being you, right? I spit eight bars that got crazy reaction with the split the pie eight ways like a medium pizza. And then, the you know, put my partner a green light, you know, while he pops Ward, leave it to Beaver, right? Gets crazy yep. reaction. The whole reason I did that was saying this is what he's going to do the whole time. Same cadence, four bars, drug reference, indirect, maybe a name flip, you know? And then I'm saying, but there's nothing unique. And I'm going into different pockets in every round. And I'm trying to get the crowd and the viewers to understand, like, yo, I do all of this stuff. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to get points that way. And that way, like in the building, you don't get points that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just yeah. does, it just doesn't happen. And so when you go back and watch it back on cam, if you're a writer, if you're, you know, going at it from different ways, then maybe you're starting to say, oh, I see what War was trying to do. But you know, when somebody's on your head like that, punching every two, every four, the building's going crazy. The building's going crazy. In the rum nitty battle, I stole them on me some back with the game changer horse trying to eat naysayer. You know what I mean? I snatched the momentum with the rebuttal and then got into a crazy round. You know, in the big K battle, I didn't. You know, I had a rebuttal, which was actually a really good rebuttal. Disrespectful, but really, really good. Like better than both of his rebuttals, but he, people were like, "Yo, he's rebuttaling too. He's getting in his bag." You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, the man like just you know he said he was gonna swish my house or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's it wasn't you know I had a good rebuttal, but it was almost too good because it wasn't like easily digestible. It was like a very slick you know type bar or whatever. But I, but I didn't have that moment where I snatched back the momentum like the rum nitty battle, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's one one going into the third. If people would have been like, yo, it was in a building, it was 1-1 going into the third, the narrative should be that I have won the battle. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. after the third round, when I'm wrapping my third round, I'm seeing the eyes of the people that are cheering for him all night long after I get to the race stuff and some of the haunted house stuff. And you can see that they're changing their mind, you know, on how they feel about, you know, what they've been cheering for all night. And then he takes, you know, 12, 16 bars and goes and talks about URL. So, so it really, it really comes down to I didn't snatch the momentum in my second round. Even though my second round is my favorite round, and like you said, the best round, I never snatched the momentum. And you have to just you have to go into that and say in the building, people had him up 2-0 clear. You know? Yeah. I don't I don't I personally don't see don't see a lot of bars or whatever that are online that are like, holy crap, that's incredible. You know what I mean? It's being shared. Mm -hmm. I know that he said, you know, whenever you shot your first gun, you went out with your big cousin. When I shot my first gun, I closed my eyes and I hit something or whatever. I think that's a, probably a very dope uh, line. It resonated well with the people, you know. To me, it's a, it was a line that can be used to anybody in battle rap, you know. And so um, a lot of his material was that. White lockup, collect calls, a lot of indirect stuff. But the thing about it is, and that's what I want to give him his props, is that he rapped incredibly. He wasn't stuttering. He was locked in with his ad libs. Come here. Come here. You can't run from this. The presentation of everything was that he was on my head. You know what I mean? People don't realize what aesthetics do in battle rap. He's bigger than me. He's dressed more hip hop than me. He's standing right away from me, just barking on me like a dog does. You know? And even those aesthetics can be like, oh, snap. He's, he's bullying this dude. You know what I mean? And that's what happens when you don't like 
when you don't listen to, you know, the, the lyrics and you're not like, oh, but he's, you know, it's hard to, because I weave all these different things in, you know? So, um, yeah, so, the thing I have to understand is going against those relentless punchers is that, like, I got to find a way to be just as relentless as them. I can't be doing maybe four bar, eight bar buildups. The Ken piece is the best written thing in that entire battle. You know what I mean? It, it literally is is incredible writing. It's better than anything else that was written in that battle, you know? And it happened in the second round. But it's like I didn't get the reception from it because I'm sitting here telling them a story and doing flips. And they're not it's not resonating like, you know, like a, a, a bar about, you know, selling drugs does. So. So a couple of things I, I will say, I'm going to throw this bar here because I can hear anyone who's watching, listening to this going, if you made in God's image. That was that, that was that was one of the ones, too. If you made in oh. God's image. Yeah, like that's gonna be one. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like to me, that is that is in that same atmosphere, that same sphere as I shoot a Christian with a nail gun. Like that's in that same sphere to me. Like that's one of the nah, ones. He just said if I was made in God's image of being a B, right? Yeah. Well, he would say God, he's God, God would that God must be, right? Yeah, that's a SoCon bar. That's just calling God a B. That's just stop deriding Jesus. That's what that is. Like shooting a Christian with a nail gun, there's actually a double like there. You know what I mean? I can feel you. I can feel that. Yeah. I can feel that. Yeah. So that's I mean the shot value lines are always gonna hit hit against me, you know? So like, you know, those kind of lines, I I get it, you know. I mean, you know, listen, <laughs> no one's ever going to uh to well, I mean, nah, I'll scrap that. I'll scrap that. I won't say that. I won't say that. Um, but yeah, like, with I, that I being think... said, like I said, I said in an interview afterwards, he rapped incredibly. He did an amazing job. I never, I'm never gonna come back. I, when I get done with battles, I'm always just realistic about my opponent. Like, yo, he did an amazing job. He, uh, he set the tone. You know what I mean for the battle. He was the energy in the battle. You know what I mean. I like to watch battles certain ways. You know what I mean. And I like, I like lyrics. I like, I like. Uh, you know, just just lyricism. I like, you know, strategy and different things like that. That's why, you know, I look at things a little bit different. And some people that most people that, you know, do look at things like that come to me and say, yo, Ward, it's closer than you think. You know what I mean? Like this is this is a close battle. And, you know, people say, wow, why was your third last? Bro, I, I, I treated Big K like I did Rum Nitty. I feel like Big K and Rum Nitty both right downhill. They come out in their first round. They're hot. They're going crazy. In the second round, their punches are just not as good as their first round. And then in the third round, they're like kind of tailing off. You know what I mean? And that's what happened with Big K in his third round. He's going at URL and stuff like that. He's done punching me because his punches are not, you know, and he does this and I do this. You know, with Rum Nitty, it worked. It worked better because of that momentum shift. But with Big K, it just it didn't it didn't go like like the same way it should have with Rum Nitty. You're muted. I got you. Copy, 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 copy. Yeah, like I'm gonna say this, man. Like I think the the major lessons that that you should take away from this is that you should never battle anybody who doesn't like you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that is like, yo, I don't rock with this dude, don't, because like they come out on some push a T story of Adidon, like I'm trying to get you up out the paint type stuff. And I mean, like like I said, I do think salute to Big K. It is three rounds of of good material. Yeah, um, like I said, for me, it's in the pantheon of some of his best material that he's spitting, he, that he spit throughout his career. I mean, he deserves. I mean, listen, he deserves the flowers he's getting from this. Yeah, like definitely. like I said earlier, like in battle rap, when the day you battle a person, you only get one chance to make that first impression. 
and whatever the impression that people walk away with, like that's what it's going to be. Right. And so yeah. what it's going to be. And I think, you know, I think part of this is I don't want to like I'm not saying that you are them. Right. But I think that you are like the Bengals in that you talk spicy. Right. Like you talk spicy. And because you have been in a space of either whether clear wins, perceived wins, debatable battle of the year types with some of the best in the world. It gives you the ability to talk your talk. But like this is the first time, not even the Ilmac battle. Like Ilmac battle, I think people kind of you have some people who go to the extreme and say, Oh, he died versus Ilmac. He got killed. And like, I don't think people walked away from that battle with that perception. Yeah. I think people might have walked away that Ilmac won. They might have thought Ilmac got a gentleman's or maybe even clear, right? But this one, this is like, oh, you died. Yeah, but right? that's also because, like, that's also because there is like a, a very clear agenda. Of a, of, a, of a group of people, you know, that were waiting on this moment, you know, and it's sad because like the Bengals talked, right? And then guess who was able to grab a microphone and say, you know, shut your mouth, Jabroni, the Chiefs, the one, the one that beat them, right? And if Big K want to say anything he want to say, by all means, you know, but for some reason, the Houston Texans, Averb, and the freaking, you know, New Orleans Saints, uh, Tay Rock, and these other guys that sitting at home, you know what I mean? Like being being bums, they want to jump on the bandwagon. Like, yeah, we won. Yeah, we're headed to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, like the hype man. It's like we made it. You know what I mean? Like that. And that's what it is. Is this that agenda out there? It's just like, it's this cornball behavior to me. You know? Like I don't, I don't, I don't sit back and celebrate somebody like that. When me and Rum Nitty battled, crazy battle. Nobody ever is going at Rum Nitty like, I can't believe you probably lost to A Ward. Or I, nobody's at me saying, I can't believe you. They're celebrating both of our performances. You know, if you think Big K won, that's fine. But you can't watch my three rounds and didn't say I didn't have three really, really good rounds and have a great performance, you know? So whenever you flip that and you turn it into like, you know, celebrating somebody else's performance, but then intentionally, you know, trying to like um, uh, <clears throat> discredit, disrespect, and like, you know, just just go the extra mile and you're just sitting at home doing that. Like that's to me, that's just lame, you know, but it's an it's a, it's an agenda and it comes with the territory of, of how great I've been. And like you said, because I do I do talk, you know, because I mean, that's what battle rap is. You know, heaven forbid you you say I'm the best or you say I can do this or I can do that, you know, but go to the territory, man. Yeah. By the way, Tay Rock, if you ever see this, if you battle a war, Tay Rock to one. Um, anyway, um. <laughs> Yeah, man, but I, I do think that does come with the territory. And I do think if you want to be great, now I will quote a verb in this in this in this regard. One of the things that he is consistent in saying is that at some point everybody bleeds. Right? Like everybody But I didn't believe though. Because because he told me that I've never played a game, that I've always been in practice. And then I can't I can't bleed and I, I can't bleed in practice. So so before this battle, every battle I've ever had was practice and you can't bleed in practice. You know what I mean? But now, for some reason, I'm bleeding in a real game. Cause he's lame, because he's a cornball, because he's a weirdo. So keep going. All that aside. I'm going to stick with everybody bleeds at some point. And at some, there was going to be a day where, like I said, whether real or perceived, where it looks like, yo, somebody got you up out of here. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say this, you know, and I told you this today. And not that you won't be prepared, right? But I, 
I I get in your ear and do this with just probably since the the Saint Mike battle. I've been like, yo, Vixen is not is not. Granted, you already know this, right? You're professional. It's not like you're gonna take you ever take anybody like lightly. But I'm pretty sure there's gonna be this room in New York. It's gonna be probably a bigger stage, probably a bigger oh, yeah, room. Yeah. And Vixen has that energy to be able to capture a room. You know, her and yep. Tay Rock. Um, I don't. I know it made some people's top ten list. Um, it mm-hmm. was honorable mention in some other people's list. Like that was a battle that was highly, highly well thought of. And so, yeah, like the 25th man like yeah no it's definitely it's definitely you know it's sony music sony music hall big big stage um okay my last my last big stage was rosenberg raw and to be honest like i did some things wrong in that battle you know you know uh, as far as big stage strategy you know so like i I had a really good big stage performance against ill will and then against rosenberg raw you know i did i did uh, a few things different and different and that i thought that i would kind of test the waters with so you know right now like I'm in a position right now where I got to come out and I got to be great, you know, um, because like the, the, the blood is in the water out there to, to try to like make things even worse than what, you know, than what they already are, whether it's true or not, you know? So, um, so yeah, I'm definitely locking in, definitely locking for Vixen. She's really, really good. Um, and it's, it's Chrome 23, you know, it's Remy Miles card. It's going to be, um, you know, in New York. So it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good time. You know, I hate that I keep having to battle these Midwest people like on the coast. I had about a clean in LA and I got to battle Vixen in New York. You know what I mean? So it's like, we keep getting put against each other. Uh, but, uh, Milwaukee? yeah, she's from Milwaukee. Yep. All right. All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, real quick. Yep. I want to make a correction on something I said earlier. Um, and I'm going to reply to this. Shout out to Luck Dollars. Luck Dollars is the one who released the divide and conquer uh this record and Jay Slash was one of the people um who uh he did so yeah so my apologies okay. it's Luck Dollars um he posted the link in the comments to you tweeting out this uh uh, oh, cool. uh, uh for this show so Luck Dollars salute man hopefully you get all obviously Jay Jeans and a couple other people on there that you're this that you're trying to you're trying to get these battles man um and I'll be uh, happy to watch those on RBE whenever they want to drop them so Shout out to you, my guy. Um, so yeah, man. So y'all can hit us up, man. Let us know what y'all think about the the event. Like I said, yeah, man, it was a great event. I think Let's Talk Battle Rap listed as a nine out of ten, which I think is the highest rating mm-hmm. for an event probably in a long time. Um, probably be you know listed as the best event probably in the last six months. Um, that's what's so up. that's what's up. I didn't get to watch all of them either, you know, bits and pieces. Um, but it seemed like you know I didn't I didn't see chokes, I didn't see stumbles, I didn't see you know, very dry, dull, terrible rounds and nothing like that. It seemed like everybody was, you know, came to came to play. So shout out to RBE and ARP for that card. And um, I didn't see the one SKs, but I know ARP all night was like saying nine for nine. Like we're nine for nine. Like we, you know, we we uh we ain't missed yet. So that's dope. That's what's up. That's what's up. So once again, man, if you haven't checked it out, go to uh, rapgrid.com. It's on the it's one of the main banners on the homepage. You can uh, click on that, check out that, check out all the battles. Um, like I said, I'm going to be doing that this weekend. Give your battle a second watch, probably a third watch, um, and and really solidify in my mind whether I'm I'm tripping or not. Like, was it a, was it two one U? Was it three OK? Was it two one K? So mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll see. Um, so let us hit us up at Brains and Bars on Twitter and let us know how y'all feel about the event. All right, let's get into uh, let's get into some sports now, man. We're about thirty minutes in, a little bit over thirty minutes. 
let's get into some sports. So we'll say the Super Bowl for last. Let's talk. Let's start. Let's start with Brady, man. Let's start with Brady retiring. Um, no, it was a lot of speculation after the their season ended against Dallas about what he would do. The hot talk was, oh, to the Brady to the Niners is going to play for his hometown team. Da, da, yeah. da, da. And thankfully, for my sake, he put all of that to rest by uh, saying, putting out a video um, on a beach saying he's done um, and very anticlimactic. Are we jumping uh, the gun? I mean, was it like 40 days last time, right? And then. So, <laughs> no, I don't think we're jumping the gun. I think he's done. Like I, like I said on the show previously, what I think. <laughs> nah, man, he's done, bro. He's not coming back. Like, I don't. So everything, right, is speculation. But there was speculation of, I think it was Pro Football talked about an article that said that he told his dad he didn't want to get hit anymore. Um, and I just think that he's in a space where he just doesn't. I think if under different circumstances, he would continue to play. I think he would. I think he would continue to play until he literally was carried off the field. But I think everything that took place. So Gronk with, calls him and he's like, look, Tua just got, Tua just retired. I, I, you know, they're going to trade Gusecki. Let's go to Miami. No, I don't think he does it. I don't think he does it. I mean, I believe the reporting that said that it was Tampa Bay or nobody. Okay. I think he's, I that. I think he's finished. Um, and like I, I read an article from Seth Wickersham today where he was um, he was talking about how uh, Brady like this time was different. Right. So he he retired the first time he spent time at home. And after spending 40 days at home, he was like, well, maybe maybe I need to come back. Right. Um, it talks about how Gis- Giselle around the time I, I forget they had just had a baby. I think it was the birth of the baby girl. He gets up early in the morning and he's getting ready to go work out. And the quote was, can you help me with something? The follow-up sentence is Brady goes, oh, God, what did I do now? And she's like, is this going to be a family day or a Tommy day? Right. Talking about are you going to be work like doing your workout? Now, I want to pause right here to say, listen, it does not matter how much money you make. It does not matter what what how famous you are we are all living the same lives yeah if you're in a committed relationship we are all we are all living some semblance of the same relationship just on different levels yeah right because like when he goes oh god what did i do now i'm like i'm I'm the leo i'm the leo dicaprio meme (laughs) that's me that's me you know what i'm saying like like you know what i'm saying Yeah, like yeah. like we all like we all like hey can we talk and it's like oh god what did i do <laughs> what did i do right so so i mean like i just think that he lo- like he's also thanos in that what did it cost you everything like he yeah. lost everything and i just don't think after everything he lost this year the season that he had i think if the season would have ended more successfully maybe yeah. if they make it to the nfc title game right and they lose a close one to the eagles maybe he might consider coming back. But with everything that happened and this article to me kind of, I think there was lots of speculation about whether or not this, whether or not football broke up his relationship. And I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think football was the, maybe not the everything, but it was the main thing that broke it up. And I hate to see that for him, man. I hate to see that. He has a quote there talking about he's not, he's not been a better dad to his kids and his dad was to him. 
And as a human being who deals with doubts, who has regrets, like that is going to stay with him for a very long time, right? He's in, in 20 years, he's going to look back and they're going to do some documentary, some last dance like documentary about him. And he's going to look back on this particular season and the moment where things fell apart. And he's going to really have some tough moments trying yeah. to relive that. Um, but from a, a football standpoint, like he's, is he your goat? Is he the greatest of all time for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, it's hard to say that. I, I never liked him, but yeah, he is. I mean, once I saw, and I, I mean, I don't need to see any more, but like you just start to see things in different perspective and you're like, you know, this dude, like they had the thing where it's like, he had a hall of fame career every, every decade, you know, like he literally had a hall of fame career in the, every decade, multiple super bowls, you know, multiple It's like, that's wild, you know? Um, and so, yeah, you know, he is, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he is like Jordan. I feel like Jordan will probably never get past. Like, I guess, I guess because LeBron tonight, we can get to that later or whatever, but I still feel like for some reason, the idea of Jordan is going to be so difficult for, for people to ever, I don't know if Brady's that yet. Uh, I think that Mahomes, you know, selfishly, um, you know, if over the next 10 years somehow wins three, four Super Bowls or something like that, you know, and I think it's very, you know, I think it's possible that people could, could, he could be replaced, but you know, uh, it's going to be a very, very tall task, very tall task. Yeah. So, um, he's not my goat, right? Like, and I look at goat basically based on the players I've seen, right? Like I'm not going to talk about Unitas and star and Starbuck and, star work that like I'm not going to Bradshaw all those guys because I didn't see them play so right I look at when we have these greatest of all time discussions I'm looking at simply from basically 84 right so that gets you Montana uh that gets you Montana you know what I'm saying that gets you that Elway those guys Marino yada 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 for me Jerry Rice is the greatest football player of all time I thought we were talking about quarterbacks my bad well I mean so quarterbacks man yeah, mm, because I feel like Elway – now, granted, I guess the thing about Brady, right, is Brady didn't necessarily have skill position guys, great skill position guys like like Elway did, but he mm-hmm. won all those chips. Okay, I can respect that. Elway's really high on my list because I feel like he didn't have the advantage of having to build Belichick, team up great defenses. His only all-pro skill position players are Terrell Davis at the very end and uh, Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Right, that's it. Everyone else is just okay. They're good guys, um, and for him to make, I believe, five Super Bowls, he lost his first three, won his last two. That's very impressive. Um, in terms of who's keeping just the quarterbacks, I probably would say, you don't think Peyton? Like, I'm surprised that you don't you don't say. I mean, Peyton is I just I, just because of like the the because I do say when you're talking about the greatest of all time, like you have to take into consideration like the Super Bowl rings, you know. And I think it's just too much. Of, if Peyton would have got Four, then I'd be like, yeah, Peyton Manning, you know. But I just think two to what seven is just is just very difficult. I think Peyton Manning is the best quarterback of all time. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think Peyton Manning is like I think he's a way be- I think he's a better, much better quarterback than than Tom Brady, and, and that's probably probably disrespectful or whatever. Um, but Brady, you know, he got the job done. You know, and like we do, we we even though they're individual accolades on like who's the best this or that, that or that, you know, like. We, we consider wins, we consider rings, 
we consider all that, you know. I saw a quote from Lawrence Taylor today that said, you know, um, that Brady, you know, that Montana was his quarterback, that Brady had all of the rules bit, you know, for him. Like, you know, like not know it wasn't specifically Brady, but he existed in an era where, like, like you talked about, Dan Marino was out here throwing dimes, you know, and you you could grab, tackle, do just about anything you wanted to, you know, to a to a wide wide receiver back then. And now you can't touch anybody, you know. Um Brady is one of the few people that have a lot of little asterisks swirling around, you know, around him as well. You know, I mean, they're there. The spike is there. The deflating the balls is there. The different things like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, but no, I, I mean, biasly, Peyton Manning definitely is my, my favorite quarterback of all time. He is, I think, is the best quarterback of all time. But if you're talking about GOAT to me, I think you have to count rings. And I think Peyton is just too far off from Brady in the ring category. Went to, I can what, went to three, one, two. So yeah, I can respect that. I can respect that. Um, I had a guy in the barbershop say like, "Yo, like I can't have Brady as the goat because of the cheating." Like he was like, "He's a cheater, you know. Once a cheater, always a cheater." Um, you know, like so he wasn't gonna let him have it based off of that fact alone. Um, I think he's the greatest quarterback. I, for he's the most accomplished, right? Like he's the most accomplished yeah. NFL player to probably ever who will probably ever play the game. I can't as great as Mahomes is. And granted, like this is kind of like sneakily underrated, right? He's already at 30% of Super Bowl appearances. Yeah. Of Brady. And we're in year five, right? Like Brady wins those first three, then goes 10 years without an appearance in the Super Bowl. I don't think he even makes an appearance over the over the next 10 years, then goes to three more. Um, or four more in that in that span, I believe, or something. No, that's not true. He goes to more Super Bowl. Now I got to look up his record. I can't remember. I know he doesn't win one for 10 years. I know that's for certain, right? He doesn't win on over the next 10 years, and he wins three more, then he wins one more with the with the, uh, the Bucs. Um, I'll tell you this much. One thing Peyton Manning has over Brady, in my opinion, Peyton Manning got his guys paid. Peyton Manning got Eric Decker, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Dallas Clark, you know, like, he did like what he what he did with like you know like I mean I just looked at like the all Brady team of all time you know what I mean and you know of course the which receivers they were uh, Evans Randy Moss Edelman and Welker um, that was like his his the four that he's played with that you, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. and um, his running backs were Corey Dillon and Kevin Falk which that's that's kind of rough considering that Corey Dillon well, the- Corey Dillon was nice. I mean, I guess LeGarrette Blunt wasn't there long enough to really like. Although, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt didn't he go like three years in a row? Didn't he go Patriots? He was on the Patriots team that won in Atlanta. He goes to Philly the next year, and then he, he goes back to New England and wins again. Yeah, I think he yeah. won three in a row. Um, so yeah. with the Patriots <laughs> bookending both of those wins, but yeah, I guess Corey Dillon, I guess Kevin Fogg, okay. I feel like maybe I would almost go James White over Kevin Falk because of longevity um, and how long he was there and him being instrumental to winning some of those bowls, some of those chips. Um, yeah, I can hear that. I mean, I can, I can feel that. Although, I feel like Peyton got his guy. Like, they didn't leave. Like, Deion Branch is one of the few to actually leave and get a bag in free agency. Yeah. But I feel like Edelman, Welker, Stay, um, obviously Gronk, right? Like, I feel like, mo- I mean, look, he got Aaron Hernandez paid, you know. I mean, listen, hey, you know yeah, but um, but yeah, I can I can respect that. But yeah, I think he's the most accomplished. If I had to go greatest QB, I think I will go greatest QB. 
not necessarily because of the championships, like that helps solidify the argument, but I think because of the longevity, right? I think of the longevity and he didn't, he didn't really, like this is the first year where you could really go, man, I don't know. Like the decline really showed. I know 24, uh, 20, his final year in New England, 2017 or 2018, I'm sorry. No, 2019, because he wins in 2020. 2018 is last year in New England. People thought maybe this was the end, and he was able to sustain excellence. And to me, that, the all pros, the MVPs, and then you start to factor in the Super Bowls, he's probably the greatest quarterback of all. Yeah. All right, man. See, I'll let us know what y'all think about about Brady, man. Do y'all just view him as a cheater? Is he your GOAT? Is he the greatest quarterback of all time? Is there someone else who you would place above him from a quarterbacking perspective? Hit us up at Brains and Bars on Facebook and Twitter. All right, so let's jump into – we'll get to the Super Bowl to close the show. We talked about it last week. If you didn't check out last week's episode featuring uh, contributor to Arrowhead Pride, Reese Nichols, or Maurice Elston, for those who know him professionally, uh, go check that out. Um, it's on on our, on our on our YouTube page, on the streaming, at Brains and Bars for all that good stuff. All right, so let's jump into this trade, man. So over the weekend, Kyrie Irving requests a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. He wanted to sign a long-term deal. The Brooklyn Nets were not willing to meet his request for a long, on a long-term deal. He has to be traded. And then yesterday he gets traded to the Dallas Mavericks. They send a first-round draft pick, I believe, in 2027, a second-round draft pick, I think 2029. Um, they also send Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and they get back in return um, Markeith Morris, I believe is the Morris twin who was traded, and then – uh Kyrie so like your your reaction to Kyrie leaving Brooklyn and showing up in uh Dallas my initial thought was that like um when he requested a trade I'm like oh he just wants to get his money you know what I mean like that was my initial thought he just wants to get paid um and then a day or so goes by and I'm thinking or he wants to be with LeBron in LA you know like or 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 that's that's the other option so I I did not see like this whole Dallas thing as like what I thought Kyrie actually would want. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. So um, him getting traded threw me off. Dallas trading for him threw me off, but Dallas has been like, I mean, they, they have been one of those teams that everybody watches because they have Luca, but is not Mm -hmm. very good. Like Mm -hmm. it it has not played very good, you know? And I think that they needed like, they needed some kind of like little spark, you know, like this or whatever. Um, now, how are they going to play together? We'll see. I assume it's going to be similar to how he played with LeBron, um, with Luca. I mean, Luca's a very good passer. Luca's, you know, uh, he demands the ball as well. He likes to bring up the ball as well. So I assume it's going to be similar to that. Um, but, man, they should be with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dwight Powell and Christian Wood and now Markeith Morris and, you know, a couple of these other guys. Man, they should be, they should be very good. So I'm um, hoping that I'm hoping because I like watching the Mavericks play. I'm hoping that Jason Kidd has a has a plan for this. Um, and uh, I, I I saw something that said like 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 the grading the trade like the Mavericks was like C minus and the Nets was like uh, like a B plus or something. And I, I didn't get that. I, I felt like the Mavericks won the trade. I really I mean I really did. You know, um, two second rounders in like you know five six years or something like that. A first rounder win. It was a first rounder, like I'm guessing it's you know in the next year or two. Twenty twenty seven. 
2027. So it's a minute before that first round pick is going to be yeah. in our possession. And then they just and got Dinwiddie back and Dorian Finney-Smith. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I mean, you know, like we talked about uh, before the show, you know, with Cam Thomas, I don't know what he's got right now. It's seven-point game with eight minutes to go. But, you know, with him coming off, you know, back-to-back 40-point games, he had 24 at halftime in this game. Like, maybe they knew something. You know, maybe they knew, you know, that they had some kind of, like, hidden talent. But uh, Dinwiddie and Cam Thomas and then, you know, a couple of these other guys, Claxton, I don't know. I don't know. that the, I think the Nets are just building for the future. I don't think it's anything that they think that they're going to be competitive soon. Well, I mean, if you get Durant back, you know, he's injured. But I don't know. I don't know this Durant. I don't know. A lot of questions there. So the reporting was he was caught off guard by the, the trade request. Um, mm-hmm. And right now, Cam Thomas is at 30 points. Yeah. So, I mean, three consecutive 30-point games. And I forgot Ben Simmons is even on this team. Like, that's how I'm looking at this. Like, <laughs> these other guys around, I'm dead serious. I'm like, I was over here looking at this. Like, okay, who they got? I look over here. Wow, that's Ben Simmons. I forgot he existed. Man, like, I, I've said it in the past. Um Ben Simmons, I just don't know if he has the mental. I don't think his mental is there to to play basketball at the levels at which he was expected, right? Like, yeah. I, obviously, he can play the game, but if he doesn't let – so he's got three more years left on his current deal. He's making 35 this year, 37 next year, 40 in the final year of his contract, 24-25 season. I mean, not counting his rookie deal, Howie this Robert. deal alone, 177. Like, I'm not one to count somebody's pockets, but $177 million. That man going to get a million dollars for every point he scores this year. <laughs> and he's just getting good cardio in. Like, no. like he's getting – and, you know, I, I have made jokes at his expense in, in the past, but I really want that young man – I hope that he can get it together because – He's incredibly talented, and I don't know what happened in, to the point to where he doesn't sh- – he's just a zero offensively. He's not giving you anything. And, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But, I, I mean, like, obviously, like you said, maybe with Cam Thomas, they're seeing something. They're seeing something like, okay, this is a guy who could be another scorer for us. Right? Yeah. You get KD, you pair with Cam Thomas. Finney Smith is a good wing defender. Mm-hmm. Um, Dinwiddie's another guy who, who could come off the bench for you. Yeah. Uh, shout out to JC in the building. Um, JC. <laughs> you know, like, um, so, you know, like, hopefully he's he's one of – they're looking at him and saying, okay, Dinwiddie can be an off-the-bench scorer for us, a, a microwave instant offense, someone who can also run the show, someone you could, in crunch time, say he's someone who can create his own shot, but he's someone who can also set up the offense, right? Someone yeah, who's yeah. not looking to hunt for his own shot. So – yeah. Well, from that perspective, I don't know if the Nets can win a championship. I think they can be very competitive and they can make things hard on a Boston, on a Mil- on a Milwaukee in a in a potential playoff matchup. For Dallas, the success of the trade depends on can you sign Kyrie to a long-term deal. Yeah. Right? I get Brooklyn not given everything that they've been through with Kyrie. Right. Like I work in middle management. Right. And in the past, I have had employees who. Don't who have bouts of bad performance. 
issues here, there, and the third, and then they have a good couple of months and they go, why can't I get the highest raise available to me? Yeah. Right. After like two months, a whole year of just kind of like issue after issue after issue. And then at the end of the year, be like, well, of course I'm, I'm a five-star performer. What do you mean? Like, did you not look at the pet? And so I get it from Kyrie's perspective was saying, I apologize. I've been a really good player. I've been your best player since Durant's been hurt, helping keep the team afloat. I think I'm worth four years, 200 million. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they're looking at them and going, "Mm, nah, dog. Like, now, like, should they, should they sign Cam Thomas right now to like a good three year, 50 million joint? <laughs> like, should they try to get him locked into something or is he going to be like, hey, listen, listen, listen. It might, it might be, I don't think he's eligible for that because I think he's only in his, like his second season. Yeah, but if yeah, they I could, mean, they might. Perfect, yeah. Yeah. Cause to, uh, if he, if he does this for the rest of the season and then going forward, yesterday's price would not be today's price. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, like price of the brick going up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you know, but for Dallas, I think the deal is not a bad one. I think the West is wide open. Like Denver, no one's going to believe Denver is a championship caliber team until they're playing in the finals. Yeah, yeah. Curry is out now for at least a month or longer with yeah. another injury. They were starting to find their rhythm. Memphis has taken a huge step back. New Orleans has taken a huge step back. The Lakers, my God, bless them, right? Like, Port, like who is the team to beat in the West? It's not there. And so you're looking at this huge void, and they could potentially steal a finals appearance because yeah. as it stands right now in the West of a, of a playoff team, so we're going to take the Lakers out of it, of a, of a team that is in the playoffs right now, what duo is better at getting a bucket than those two right. in the West? And the thing about the way the Mavericks were constructed before the trade is it was Luka and a bunch of shooters. Yeah. So now you have a second guy who can get his own shot. And now you're still going to have those shooters. Now, who the heck is guarding who? That's a whole nother story yeah, because yeah, Luka has treated defense like, like it's an option, right? Yeah. Like it's like, do I, do I need to? Mm-hmm. And Kyrie has not been has not is not known as putting the clamps down on on people. So how they are able to cobble together a good defensive unit with those two on the team is is going to be up to question. But if if you're telling me race to 150, who can get there first? Yeah, I mean, you dumb those two guys are, could, could yeah. get you there by themselves, right? So so I mean, I I don't mind that I don't, I get why you do it if you're Dallas. Um, is it worth it for them? Given all the headaches that Kyrie can be has been, uh, that yeah, like you said, they got to refine it for it to be worth it. I mean, if it was just for the short, you know, short time, no. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll see what happens, man. But I think that is a very interesting trade, and I hate, you know, I hate the fact that the NFL has, even as someone who loves basketball and loves the NBA, like I think that basketball has become while football season has happened is, is on the back burner. Um, and so I can't wait once after the Super Bowl to really lock in on the NBA and try to, and watch this second half of the season and see who comes out. Uh, shout out to JC says, I don't think Dallas will win the West, even with Kyrie and Luca conference finals. Maybe they still lack a good, good bench mob. And yeah, I mean, listen, that was a huge, that has been the issue for the Warriors is that their, their starting five is really good. It's the bench unit that has been letting them down. And so, Again, yep. the West is wide open. I, I get it. Trade deadline in what? It. Two days? I think two. I think it's yeah, Thursday. I think Thursday is a trade deadline. Okay. So we'll see if 
We'll see if the Nets make any moves. I know they say right now that they're not interested in moving uh, KD, that he that they are not entertaining any offers. I will say this. You look at what Phoenix has done. You look at what the Warriors have built. You look at Minnesota's taking a step back, obviously, but you look at what they were starting to put together. Building a team organically is the best way to get to a chip now trying to shortcut it by signing these guys and trying to put together super teams, I think it's a thing of the past. I don't think you can sustain a great team doing that anymore. I think you've got to learn how to build and make smart free agent moves. And now Brooklyn, under two different owners, let me get this two in the camera, under two different owners has tried to shortcut the process to getting to a chip. And it caused a major malfunction when they traded for over the hill Paul Pierce, over the hill, Kevin Garnett, over the hill, Joe Johnston. And now going after Kyrie and James Harden, Ben Simmons, KD, it is now blown up in their face twice. When they yep. had something that they were building towards, when they had D'Angelo Russell and all those guys. So it, I get it. It's not sexy. It's not fun to, to try to build Rome, right, over, over the course of <laughs> years. But that to me, that seems to be the best way to build towards a championship, even looking at what L.A. is going through. And speaking of L.A., Let's jump real quick into this, man. Let's get into LeBron. LeBron is taking on the Thunder. Thunder tonight. He's 36 points away from becoming the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. Shout out to him in year 20, man. Like, Michael Jordan will forever and always be my GOAT. Like, that's never going to change. But to see him playing in year 20 just as well as he has five years ago, at least offensively, right? Man, he's not defensively what he was, but to see the fact that that guy is still doing this, again, 20 years in the league and probably has added another three to four years on his legs through playoff uh, games, like amazing, amazing career, man. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think about LeBron? Is he is he is set to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time list. Yeah, the older I got, the more I like LeBron. You know, when he's first young LeBron or whatever, I was never, like, kind of, like, big LeBron fan, you know, as other other players that I liked. But the older I've gotten, the more I respect it. I mean, just watching him uh, with the Lakers and just, yeah, the athleticism and the professionalism and just the hunger and, and want to win. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, he's just, it's, it's incredible. It's been incredible to watch him, you know, even as of late when he – turned 38 and then was averaging over 30 a game for like, you know, two, three weeks straight or whatever, still might be averaging more than 30 a game since he's turned 38. Um, he's 36 tonight. Um, and, you know, uh, Dort might, Dort might get, might get 45 put on him. You know, it's not, it might happen. <laughs> I read that said, you know, they, they, that the Lakers have cleared for like 200 media, you know, his parents, everybody to be in the building tonight, like basically the amount of people that would be in for like a, uh, NBA finals game, you know, or a uh, a conference finals game. And so, you know, the idea is that, you know, it's very possible it could happen tonight. Um, I do think there's some coolness to like, you know, Thursday night, they play the Bucks. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for the Bucks, you know. Um, so I think there's some, some, some coolness to if it happens that, that night as well. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's an incredible athlete. Um, to me, he is, uh, he's top, He's, he's, he's number two to me, like all time. Yeah, I would say, you know, I have Michael Jordan at number one and I got LeBron at number two, you know. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, I'm excited to watch tonight. I'm excited to watch Thursday and uh, to celebrate, you know, the, that accolade, that accomplishment. Um, just because, like, some people, man, some people throw that throw that that pass, you know, and and become the 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 career passing yards, whatever in in that game when their teams just and they're just not playing good that year, you know what I mean? And they always stop. It's like. No, like LeBron is out here busting his tail and like and being very, very efficient and very, very, you know, what it's not just that, oh, he's still playing, you know what I mean? It's like, no, he's actually playing at extremely high level. And to break that record while he's doing something like that to me is like makes it just that much more uh, a great accomplishment. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Like I said, like Jordan will always be my goat. Like he's there's nothing that can happen that'll have LeBron surpass him i think had he got to maybe five chips when you look at the longevity and i'm not necessarily mad at anyone at this point who goes and you know lebron's my guy like like he's like he's the goat like i'm not mad at anybody but for me just coming from the generation that i came from and watching jordan like i just it's something i just can't like there's something that just won't let me say yeah that lebron is a better player now i will say this right like i do look at and i said this on the show before if you go check out um, during the last dance, we have an episode featuring Michael Watson. Um, he's a basketball legend here in Kansas City. I talked about the, that from a basketball standpoint. I look at the greats as in a living space. It's a tiers, right? You have people who are on the lower level. At the very top is a penthouse suite. And in that penthouse suite, I got Michael, LeBron, and a Kareem all in that penthouse suite. And Michael has the master. Like, he's yeah. got the master bedroom. So, like, I look at those three guys – without assigning a numerical order, like I have them all grouped together as that top tier. Um, and so like, you know, you think about like, you think about your favorite athletes all sharing rooms together. That's they do it on the road anyway. That's right? You know what I'm saying? They do it on the road anyway. So yeah. Patrick, so, yeah, Beverly, but... Patrick Beverly gets to that hotel. It's a double queen in there. He's like, who am I staying with? Hey bro, you might, you might be on the next thing out, man. You know what I'm Actually, I take that back. They they do not share rooms together. That's, they got that's Austin like, Reeves hey, over there and the other the other queen. They they just chilling, man. Budget cuts, bro. You might be gone, Beverly. <laughs> hey, based on how you play, sometimes they might need to put you in that double in the in, at the double tree. You can't even go stay <laughs> at the tree. W. Not the W. You go into the double tree. That's where you stand. You and you and Austin Reeves and Pat Bev. Y'all got warm, the queen. The warm cookies. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but not nah, man. Like yeah, so I, I that's how I view the the top tiers of the goats, man. But salute to LeBron, man. Like to be, he lived up to everything he was supposed to be. Maybe he didn't win as many championships as people thought, but the hype, being on the cover of SI at fifteen, the yeah. cho- now granted, the chosen one was not a name that he gave to himself; it was given to him. Yeah, um, and he has been a man who's been largely controversy free who has not had to deal with any, you know, off the court, yeah. no marital issue, infidelity, none of that stuff, man. Like, you know, family man, high school sweetheart, three kids together, man, like in his kids' lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, salute to him. Salute to most him. Like that, he's a legend. He's a legend. The, the, I, promise school, the I promise school, the I promise school, the all just the th- all of the things. Yeah, man, he's, he's off really the court, off the court stuff he's done with Spring Hill and movies and listen space mm-hmm. jam 2 was not a bad movie my son loves space jam 2 um you know so yeah everything he's done man like he he de- de- definitely deserves his flowers and i do hope 
that as we near the end of his career, that some of the hate that he's gotten over the years will subside. And yeah. I hope even with him breaking this record that people really will just stop and appreciate greatness and appreciate yeah. what they've been watching. So do you got him breaking Let's, it tonight or do you got him breaking it Thursday? Um, I'm going to say, man, OKC can give it up uh, <laughs> on, on the defensive end. So I'm going to say he gets close. I'm going to say he gets to about – although – Man, he came in with that with that black fit on. He looked like somebody who was ready to break a record. So I say tonight. Yeah. He he looked like he 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 came dressed like, yeah, this is my moment. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. OKC, which I'd rather break him breaking in Milwaukee National TV. Although yeah. I'm pretty sure this no, is it's national on TV. TNT tonight. It's on TNT. It's about to come on. So he's got national TV to yep. Tuesday and Thursday. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, man. So speaking of appreciating greatness, let's close the show out. We've we've already talked about this last week, so you can go check out what we did with the Super Bowl and talking about that in preview with uh, with the homie Reese. So Super Bowl 57, who – so I want to say this about Patrick Mahomes. And we asked this question, and we'll just kind of give, like, a score prediction, and we'll be done. Is If Patrick Mahomes were to win the Super Bowl, this against the Eagles, does he become a top-10 quarterback all-time for you? I, I was going to say top five, honestly. Ooh, okay. You know, um – Five, five AFC championships in a row. Three. This will be his third Super Bowl, winning two. Um, yeah, I would put him up there in the in the penthouse. Well, not in the penthouse suite, but you know, I mean, you got your Brady, you got your Montana, you got your Peyton, and you got your Elway and Mahomes. I think you know, in my mind, um, I'm not mad at, but yeah, I think guaranteed top ten. Yes, guaranteed top ten. But I, I wouldn't be mad at somebody having him anywhere from you know five, six, seven either. So. Um, and then the way he did it this year too, like, I mean, you know, we, we love stories. We love narratives and stuff like that. Hobbling in your whole, all new wide receivers, you know, all this kind of stuff or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, man. This is a great, great storyline to it as well. And we know, we know storylines factor into how people look at, you know, greatest of all times. Yeah, man. Like I think for me, I think – I know me and Loso were talking about this. I think he's somewhere between six to seven. Because I think from a quarterback perspective, you got Brady, Manning. Um, I got Marino up there just because, like, I get it he never won a chip, but he literally was about 30 years ahead of his time. Yeah. Like 5,000 yards in 1984 is absurd. Yeah. Doing, doing what he did – like, he's doing now what Mahomes is doing, you know, now – 40 years later. Yeah. Right. So I think from just a quarterbacking excellence and a number standpoint, he deserves to be in that conversation. Elway, Montana. So like you get to like that six, you know, seven, like somewhere in there. I think Steve Young is incredibly underrated for his career and the things that he did, uh, but he only got to one chip. And so I think if he happens to win his second one, and that's the thing, like when people were always, and I've said that if you can go and look at any during the football season where Mahomes has been active and we've done a show, we at some point we talked about his greatness. And I've sit here and said, listen, I get it. Y'all want to have because of the sports media and how we always have to have two opposing uh, people. We always have to have Peyton. We have Brady and and Manning. Right. Or Brady and uh, and Rogers. Right. We always have to have these dueling narratives going against each other, dueling players but there is no one on his level. And like, and, and I feel like now it took this year. So I equated him. I said that Patrick Mahomes is the Roman Reigns of the NFL because he was a guy who came in with incredible talent, 
You knew he was going to be the next big star. And for the life of me, fans would not embrace him. They refused to embrace him. They outright hated him. And now it's gotten to the point with Roman Reigns where now it seems like he's finally started to be accepted by the consensus of the WWE fan base. And I feel like now with Mahomes, having made this Super Bowl without Tyreek, all those things you talk about, it's like now all of a sudden people are starting to awaken to the fact, oh, my God. Yeah. He did this without, though. He did this with breaking in five, six new receivers. Um, never playing a road playoff game. Has never had a season end before the conference championship weekend. <laughs> right? All You know, three Super Bowls in five years. Yeah. Only 27. Right. And so I think people are now starting to look at everything he's accomplished. He's probably going to be an MVP for the for the second time coming up. I think the Mm -hmm. I don't know if NFL honors is this weekend or if it's next weekend. But but, you know, like he has acquired the greatest start to a career in NFL history. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Unless you want to count Bart. Oh, Tom Brady had a pretty. Didn't didn't he didn't have. Tom, I mean, he won. He won, right? Tom has had the greatest early start in terms of winning championships. Yeah. But statistically, he was not doing what Mahomes was doing. Oh, okay. Right? Like Mahomes, I don't think Brady wins his first MVP to like year five or six. Okay. Um, That's because Peyton so I mean, got like, five in ten years. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, Peyton like crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, let me see. So, Brady, his – First, his most valuable player, the first one doesn't come to 2007. When he got Randy. Right, so so that's, yeah, that's six years. That's six years down the line. Pat got one in his, what, second year? He didn't get it his first year, right? He got it his second year. I'm pretty sure it was his second year, yeah. So, well, I mean, might be second year in the league, but first year as a starter? Oh, yeah, possibly. Uh, Let me check. Let me check that real quick. So, Pat Mahomes. 2018. So, yeah, first year as a starter wins the MVP. 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, first year. Like, Brady wasn't doing that, right? So, I mean, like, it is the greatest start to a career in NFL history. Yeah, definitely. And if he caps it off with a W, um, I don't – to me, I know people don't call the Chiefs a dynasty. Michael Wilbon derisively calls them a dynasty of one. But I think if you look at what they've accomplished, I think you might need to look at this as a dynasty if they win again. Um, so you got to yeah, win multiple man, Super Bowls, though. You got to win multiple Super Bowls. You can't just get there and call yourself a dynasty. You know what I mean? Like you got to win multiple championships. I don't know. I feel like people call the Atlanta Braves at least now of the an National AFC dynasty. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like I feel like the Braves got considered, even though they only won one championship, right? Winning though, winning the the AL or the NL East like fifteen times in a row. Yeah. And I feel like they were considered like a dynasty of their right, of their conference, and but not not, not necessarily overall. But yeah, if they win again, man, like it's unbelievable. Like Brett Veach is to me is the GM of the year. Shout out to Titus. We were going back and forth about this, and he's like, yeah. "Hi, Roseman is amazing." I'm like, "Bro, listen, the Chiefs have like eight rookies yeah. who are all playing meaningful snaps for yeah. this team, and they're in the Super Bowl. That's that's unheard of. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And they're not like for, like you got two seventh rounders, yeah, playing meaningful minutes. So." Yeah, man. So, I'll, I'll. With that being said, who, what is your score prediction for the game this weekend? I got a thirty-one twenty-seven. I think they. I think they. I don't think it comes down to a field goal kick. I think it comes down to a drive that needs a touchdown, and I think um, the defense holds. So, I'm going Chiefs thirty-one twenty-seven. Um, I initially thought 
my first thought was Eagles coming off the, the AFC title game, looking at how banged up and beat up the Chiefs were. My first thought was the Eagles are the more healthy team and they will be going into the game because even though Snead is back, I feel like Snead has had like two or three concussive moments over the last like month and a half of the season. Yeah. So we don't know how he'll hold up. McKinnon's got an ankle issue he's, he's dealing with. Tony ankle issue. Juju knee issue. They're all practicing. They're all back. Willie Gay is practicing. But so that was my initial thought. I have made it. So up until the loss to the pate of the Bucks in the in Super Bowl in 20, I said to myself, I'm never betting against Patrick Mahomes. And he has brought me back to that point again where I'm not betting mm-hmm. against Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go 34-31. I'm going to go 34-31. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think it'll be a close game. I know a lot has been made of the Eagles in their, you know, strength of schedule. They have not faced – this will be the first great quarterback they face. Dak and Trevor Lawrence are the best quarterbacks they faced this year. Um, they got – side note, because we're shutting down. They had nine sacks on Carson Wentz in one game. Like, that like, – like, no, like – we got a tongue. We got if I'm if I'm Carson Wentz in the office line, we gotta have a heart to heart. You know what I'm saying? Like we just made that analogy of like staying at the double tree. You gotta stay at the Ramada. Like you yeah. can't get double tree. Yeah, like I get sacked nine times. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> Motel six. They left the light on for you. I get sacked nine times in one game. But um, <laughs> but that pass rush is gonna be fierce. But like I said, I think Patrick Mahomes has proven when he's played top defenses, he's been amazing. Tampa was a top 10 defense at the time they faced him, shredded him. San Francisco, top 10 at the time, shredded him. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's taken the best shot from every defense in the league. This one is one of, is at the top as well, and I think he's going to prevail. So that's how I call it, man. I think Jalen Hurts turns the ball over a couple times. So I think that's going to be a part of the game. So. Mm, interesting. Okay. Okay. All right, man. So let us know what y'all think about that, man. Hit us up at Brains and Bars. Uh, any topic you want to comment on. Hit us up on YouTube. Please like, subscribe. The more you like, the more this gets shared. I'll have this posted probably tomorrow because I'm going on vacation in a couple of days. So I got to make sure this is done before I leave. Um, thank you, sir, for, for joining us. I am awardmerch.com for all merch. Chrome 23, shout out to Remy Ma. Award yep. versus Vixen going down February 25th. Sony Music Hall. Is that right? Sony Music Hall? Yep. Sony Music Hall. Man, listen, like, 1500 seat venue, by the way. I went and looked it up while we were talking. It's gonna be a big, it's gonna be a big turnout for that one. Hitman versus Easy is the main event. So you know everybody's gonna be in the building. Um, shout out to you for that, sir. Once again, RBE Divided Conquer, RapDrake.com. Look at that BOD. Until next time, it's been a black and white thing, man. We'll holler at y'all next week. Peace. Peace.